another day, another FBL pod. Jack Somerville, how are you? Darcy Forster, I'm very well, thanks. Very well. Just enjoying the bank holiday weekend here in the UK. Um, after another very lively game week, game week three, how are you doing? Yeah, great. You know, never going to qualm about a bank holiday. And uh, yeah, love, love watching football. So there's loads of that to watch as well. So I guess before, you know, we get really into how our teams did, which I know we really want to do, do you want to just, you know, give our listeners a little breakdown of what we want to cover? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, first and foremost, obviously, it's the international break. Everyone's favourite part of the season. Long, long two-week wait until the next game week. So what we thought we'd do is we're not going to preview game week four because it's so far in the future. Two weeks, obviously, end of the transfer window. International matches happen. A lot can change. So we'll save that for a pod next week and we'll do another special feature next week along with that game week four preview. So today, Josh, we thought we'd do the usual, review how the game week went with our own teams. And then we've got a list of talking points off the back of the previous game week going into the international break that we'll address uh, sort of one by one, I think. We'll take a look at the usual XG and XA, who's top of those tables and discuss them. And then go into our transfer plans for the international break. Do we wildcard? Do we not? We'll find out. And then, of course, we'll see how the algorithm teams fared in game week three. Loads to cover. Yep, thanks, Jack. Um, I guess nothing more to do apart from just to crack on. So you did the intro. You know what? Let's just keep it, just keep it your way. How do you, you get on game me. week three? What's game going week on? three, Josh. So I took the hit in game week three to get Mares out uh, and Antonio in. Oh. So the hit was good. The hit, the hit worked out well, despite Mares, another substitute assist for Mares. Um, Antonio, obviously, was one of the high scorers the week against. That that went well. But overall, 58 points. So with the minus four, that's 54, which is bang on the average for the week. So similar to last week, not over the moon, not devastated, but not over the moon either. You know, hitting average, really, you want to be doing better than average each week if you sort of consider yourself a serious manager. So I'm not, not too happy, Josh, I'm afraid. Moving in the um, right direction, though. Like, yeah, I suppose so. You know, didn't captain Antonio, which was the big mistake, I think. I've stuck it on Fernandez, who obviously got the two-pointer. And I think that's been the theme of my theme of my season so far, is poor captaincy choices, Josh, which is um, starting to really bite me in terms of the, the overall ranking. Because despite, you know, I had Greenwood, Salah, Bamford... Antonio, they all did well. Uh, Luke Shaw finally got the clean sheet as well, but it was just, yeah, just not not feeling good, Josh. I'm not feeling good about it. It's a strange one because if you'd, you know, if you'd told me before the season started, I'd get over 60 points for the first two weeks and then a 58 on the third week, I'd have bitten your hand off. But because there's so many points flying around in these first three weeks, it's not feeling too great. So that's me, really. I was going to say before before we flip it across, you got to you got to give the listeners a little bit of what are you happy with and what are you not happy with particularly. I know, well, I know like, you mentioned the captaincy. That's yeah, captaincy you know, that's, is that's the big unhappy. Well, it's a flip of a coin that I should know which way the coin is weighted. I think each week, so <laughs> I'm, being, I'm annoyed at myself because you remember I was in the Bruno camp to begin with. Didn't have Bruno for his hat trick haul. So bottled it, brought him in, and he's done nothing since. So would I? I'd probably been better off staying in the Bruno camp, really. So there's a lesson <laughs> for you. And yeah, a bit late getting on Antonio. That's been a lesson. It feels great to have him in now. Just keep him in there. What a player he is. And broadly, I mean, that's a weird thing. Broadly happy with my other picks. Greenwood's done well. Salah is being Salah. Bamford and Ings have have kind of they're trickling in the points. They're not going crazy. But I think Ings, despite poor performances from Villa, has, has just worked his socks off to get me those points. God bless him. Each week, so happy with him. And yeah, defence is just defence, isn't it? You know, any any time you get a six-pointer from a defender, not having Trent, I was, I'm sort of not, don't have much money in defence. So I'm like, whenever a, whenever a Hall comes in, Simbacas has been great, really, in the time that he's played. And now, now it's time for him to go. So yeah, I think I'm not, I'm just a bit, 
I'm annoyed at how well everyone else is doing more than upset about how I've done, if that really makes sense. It's the kind of jealousy, envy, bitterness that's consuming me at the moment, rather than anger at my own team, if that, if that makes sense. So hanging onto the coattails of the other players, that we're saying, desperately trying to catch up now. Yeah, it's a bit, you want to avoid that, don't you? You want to avoid the kind of panic move, desperate, try to get a differential for the sake of a differential. Like, you know, I think me a few seasons ago would have thought, right, the Antonio train's gone now. I can't get on him. I need to find someone else who's going to better his points so I can catch up. But actually the sensible thing is just get Antonio in now and then look elsewhere to, to make the catch up, you know, because Antonio will just keep hurting me. So yeah, happy with my team really, but but then also looking at a wild card. So don't know, but we'll come on to that. So I'm in a kind of limbo, Josh, is how I'd sum it up. I'm in a limbo in terms of how I feel about FPL. Well, uh, the good news about that is I think after the international break, when the transfer window shuts, that even people that are happy with their team, well, I think will feel a bit in limbo as well. With all these new assets around, even tricky, if they're doing great, they'll feel the pressure to keep up the pace with people who are getting in, you know, these other guys. So don't feel alone after game week three, Jack. Thanks, Take Josh. A break. Thanks for, thank you for your support. It means a lot. Um, <laughs> cheer me up even more. How did you get on? Yeah, so 65 points for me, the smallest of green arrows. I think I'm around about 450, oh no, sorry, 430,000 overall. So slowly crawling up um, the overall rankings. And yeah, I think can only be happy with that really. Opposite side of what you were saying, captaincy choice, the second best person I could have picked really. So Antonio was obviously got 11 points for the game week. I picked Sun. Sun got 10, so Lovely. far from a terrible pick. And then, you know, Tony finally, I was stuck with Tony, thought I hated him, suddenly loved the guy. Great, great Tony. He looks like he, you know, is going to be decent value at 6.5 if people want to want to keep him in. He might be doing something, but he finally came up with that goal after missing a few chances. So great to see Salah, you know, getting his 10 points as well. Sure, with the clean sheet. A lot of a few blanks elsewhere, but enough point scorers to keep me in the mix. So generally, generally feeling pretty good. Yeah, you've done really well. The captain's choices have been really good for you. Son, great. I, I'm sort of scratching my head why I don't have Son in really now. He's he's doing really well. Um, and yeah, as you say, Tony off the mark against the mighty Villa. I think he will. Maybe it's one of those where he just needed that goal, get a bit of self belief and. And now he could go on a tear. I agree. Yeah. Great, great value at 6.5. Yeah. yeah. Some fires to put out, but then who hasn't got fires to put out at this point? So, but yeah. Very good. Generally positive. Very good. Happy for you. Happy for you. (laughs) Not jealous at all. (laughs) Not jealous at all. No, really good, Josh. Really good. Cool. So those are our, those are our teams for game week three. Just gone. Certainly mixed fortunes. Josh doing very well. Me doing not so well. Shall we? Did you want to say anything else about your team? Sorry, Josh. I'm moving us on. Well, I know in the past we've talked about fires to put out and things you're happy with. Let's not spend too much yeah. time. We're going to come on to it, aren't we? The transfer plans. But so I thought maybe... about how about like a sneaky one each? If you could do one thing to change okay. your team, what would you do? Nice go on. Quick. You go first. Go on. Your your feet. Your your surprise feature. My you, surprise you shock feature that I yeah. didn't tell you about, but now go uh, me. Bruno Fernandes, you said it right at the beginning. Ditch game, week, game week one was maybe the anomaly. Now I think we're all thinking Bruno. Um, well, not we're all thinking Bruno, but a few of us are thinking Bruno. Magnus Carlsen being one of them, saying, you know, tweeting that he, he's, we said, I think it was something along the lines of RIP. He's not going to be the, the asset that he normally is. And at 12 million, need that moolah. So that's, that's where I'm at. He, I think he's looking like the biggest fire for me to put out Guy Fawkes on top on fire yeah the biggest liability yeah yeah the price he's at it's there's a lot of factors in there I mean I was already 50-50 on him earlier at the start of the season as I said bottled it and brought him in after he scared me with that trick and just yeah just watching him yesterday even without Ronaldo aside just watching him he just didn't have that great a game I watched him with quite a big Man United fan my brother-in-law and he was saying oh yeah just now just Fairly frequently, Bruno has rubbish games, but people just don't talk about it. Like Man U fans don't like to talk about it. He just has these 
games where he does very, very little that we saw a lot of in the, I think we saw a lot of it in the Euros on the tail end last season. And yeah, so I would share that, you share your opinion on him there in terms of do we move him on from our team because of his price? I still think he'll get the points over the season, but the fact he probably won't be on penalties if Ronaldo's on the pitch now and his price means you can't probably can't have one of Lukaku or Ronaldo if you've got Salah in. Uh, I think we'd all agree Salah just is a non-negotiable, non-negotiable feature of the teams. Um, so yeah, I'd probably I'd echo you with with getting Fernandez out for me. I will say I'm very. I've got three Leeds players looking at my team, and I'm not happy with Leeds. I am not impressed with them so far. Rafinha, uh, I don't know. He's one. He's turning into. He's got a bit of the Saint Maximan syndrome about him, where he looks good to the eye, but the output just isn't coming. Bamford, I'm a bit yeah. Bamford, I'm a bit more comfortable with. I think he'll get the points, but yeah, Rafini, I'm starting to starting to wonder if six point five was wasn't the bargain we all thought it was for him. Yeah, yeah. But I think if that's your one, I think that's not too bad because you know the one thing that may have happened here is the fixtures have caught up and maybe change your fires into actually shining shining lights because I mean, Leeds fixtures people are trying to say you know you want to have Leeds assets in that's it yeah that's it so I mean Danny Yings and see. yeah Danny Yings Villa's fixtures really take a turn for the worse now and despite Danny Yings racking up the points in recent weeks I think it may be time to move old Danny Boy on as well so yeah like you say it's weird isn't it you look at your team it does well but then you really look at it and you're like oh actually Maybe there's an all a whole nother eleven I'd actually rather have than these guys who actually aren't that bad. But yeah, we'll we'll come on to that, I think, won't we? Two things that we're not happy with, but lots of positives still. Yeah. Yeah, lots of positives. Boom chow. So yeah, well, I guess teams covered negative, yeah. only one negative. We don't want to be too negative. Yeah, let's not let's not stay in negative land. Let's look ahead, shall we? First talking point, Josh, what is it? Cristiano Ronaldo, CR7 himself. Lots to talk about. All opinion, because no one knows what the hell's going on. Jack, do you want to give me an argument for why you should have him, or are you going to give me an argument for why you shouldn't have him? I will let you pick it. Really? Again, put me on the spot, Josh, your boy. I don't know, is the answer. A, we don't know the price, do we? So when they think the price will come in tomorrow, I think where he'll get added. So he had his medical today, I believe. So today's Monday, if you're listening. Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, you may know the price. But the general consensus price guess is about 12.5 to 13, I think. Would you say that's fair? My Yeah, my guess would be 12.5. Looking yeah. at what Lukaku's priced at and thinking he's definitely going to be categorised as a striker. Yeah. It, I mean, 12.5 makes sense to me. 13 seems a bit high. 13 would be more than Salah, which I just think is too... There's no need for that, for him to be that. I don't... There's nothing that justifies that, I don't think, considering his age and things. So, yeah, I think 12.5. Go, assuming he's 12.5, I think he's a fine, fine pick, particularly if you're wildcarding. Would I tear up my team and panic to get him in now without seeing him? Probably not. Really? Yeah, Bruno, it does. The thing, the, 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 the nuance like we touched on just now, Josh, is Bruno, it, him being there really does diminish Bruno's appeal, regardless of whether you bring in Ronaldo or not. So that therefore, if you take Fernandez out, suddenly you've got the money to get Ronaldo. So in that sense, maybe it is a good idea to bring him in. But I'm not sort of... I don't know. I just don't know how he'll do. I know that sounds crazy, 29 goals last season in Serie A, but I just, it's, I'm not completely, until I see him, I'm not completely worried about him. I don't know. Or maybe I do really want to get him. I don't, I, it's a really, I don't know what I think, Josh. I'm sorry for such a wishy-washy answer. Tell me what you think. Well, I think, yeah, the news is still fresh in our minds, which is why I agree with you that we're all trying to order our thoughts here, aren't we? It's a shock, um, wouldn't it? It was just a yeah. shock on Friday. Yeah. And, and the way that I would put it is we can't compare him to any existing assets in FPL that, you know, apart from new signings, the only person I'm really trying to match him up in my mind and try and come up with a plan from that perspective is we match him up with Lukaku. They both played in the same last year, same league mm. last year. 
Chelsea, maybe you would say, after winning the Champions League, are a slightly more finished team than United, but they're both top four, you would expect. So, you know, they're both going to have similar outputs, maybe like smashing, smashing teams. So they both played a similar number of minutes in Serie A last year. So I'm just checking the stats now. 2,807 minutes for Ronaldo, 2,885 minutes for Lukaku. Let's just call it the same. same. Mm -hmm. 29 goals for Ronaldo, 24 for Lukaku, 11 assists for Lukaku, 3 assists for Ronaldo. So you'd say Mm. FPL points across the two, relatively similar. We were talking last week about how you've got to have Lukaku in or start thinking about how you're going to get him in. Not of will you have him or not, it's when are you going to get him in? And I think the same should apply to Ronaldo, really. People talk about his age, but he played as many minutes as Lukaku, scored more goals than him, also played in the Euros. The guy's a machine. I don't think the six should play a factor there. And yeah. I think they, they'll both they'll both be almost nailed in on their spots if they're fit. Yeah. I think for me it's less his age and it's more those other things you mentioned. So price wise he'd be a million more than Lukaku. So that's something True. to to think about. And you say Man United top four team, watching them the last couple of weeks, they've looked pretty poor. Like they shouldn't have beaten Wolves yesterday, really, in my opinion. They didn't look good. Wolves, if Wolves just knew how to finish, it would have been game over by the first half. I think they've got, mu- I think Chelsea are just much, much better than United. So there's that. But then on the flip side, do we don't know if Lukaku's on penalties? Do we yet? They haven't had one yet. If Jorginho's on the pitch, will Lukaku take the pens? And I do think that's quite important because we, we're pretty sure Ronaldo's going to take them off Bruno. But if Lukaku isn't on pens, I think that's enough of a make weight to make me pick Ronaldo over him. Or do you think that from the premium pool, it's just get them both in? Is that what you're saying? I think where I'm sat personally, I would want one of them and sacrifice Bruno. Yeah. Uh, and I think there is enough medium priced assets around the eight seven eight million to fill those gaps yeah you know whether if you go with Lukaku you could maybe go with Greenwood even though he'll be pushed out wide he scored three and three let's be honest he's probably ahead of people like Sancho at the moment if people don't if he gets dropped it's a disgrace yeah yeah Sancho Sancho just hasn't fit in I know Man United fans don't want to hear it but he's not looked good at all at all hasn't bedded in yet at all so yeah and, and so that, that that's my thinking. I, I think it would be your team will have to sacrifice a lot to get them, them both in and to keep Salah. And I'm just looking at the stats here, think, trying to pick apart what you were saying about, you know, Chelsea not really, uh, sorry, Chelsea passing the eye test more so than United. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you. So I think if you consider that as well, maybe Lukaku's playing in a, a slightly better team that's going to finish higher score more goals potentially over the season and he's a million less mm. that sounds pretty good because I mean the XG at the moment for United I know it's only been three games is 4.85 the XG for Chelsea 5.40 not much between it but you know Chelsea's mm. is higher if you just if you're I'm surprised United like, is so high there I am at, that surprised me they battered they battered Leeds first game yeah it's 5-1 or something so I guess that's um, inflated that yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I've been thinking about comparing them. Say you can have three premiums, which I think is probably the max. So it's three players over 10 mil, including the premium mids. And Kane, of course, who kind of isn't really being talked about Kane at the moment, but he's back and he's we know he's locked in for Spurs. Didn't score at the weekend, but easily could have. It's, ugh. with Lukaku, we know he's in, he scored, he's playing. Ronaldo, we don't, haven't seen him yet. Oh, it's hard. It's hard, man. It's, and the last I'm, game for Lukaku as well against Liverpool, you know, having having a man sent off, Reese James, he cut an isolated figure. I don't think you can really even count the last game. So Lukaku's only really played 90 minutes where yeah. he's been in a team that's been on even footing. Yeah. And in that 90 minutes, he looks like <laughs> an phenomenal yeah. rep. So he did. Um, he was against Arsenal, though. Caveat. <laughs> oh yes. Arsenal. Who are not very good. He was um, in the Premier League. Yeah, they are not looking good. 
But yeah, I think we're mixed on Ronaldo, aren't we? I feel like we're still weighing it up. I think when we see the price and the confirmed position of striker, I think then I'll know in my gut whether I am desperate to get him in or not. You know, it's all, it's kind of all very well speculating until you see him there and you click on him to buy him for whatever price he is. Then you do get a feeling, don't you? You just get a feeling of, do I want him or not? Um, yeah, because he may need to adapt as well. You know, I know he's yeah. going back to United, but twelve years, like it is, he is coming from another league. He hasn't been in the Premier League for a long time. Yeah, he's moving country as well. You know, we, we we might not see the Ronaldo that of of kind of last year immediately. So it's a watch this space, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is fixtures. I mean, if if you're choosing between Lukaku and Ronaldo, Chelsea's fixtures aren't that hot the next five. And I think United's are right, aren't they? They've got Newcastle, West Ham. Ham. I mean, that's a very difficult fixture, West Ham now. But yeah, yeah, Newcastle, Villa, Everton. I mean, it's, it's better than Chelsea's, I would say. So... Yeah, if you're a fixture kind of guy, you're probably Lean Ronaldo. But let's um let's see. Let's see what is priced at. And if you kind of have the it's all I do think it's always better to just let new signings see what they're like for one game on a general principle. But of course, this is arguably the best player to ever play the game. One of certainly. So maybe those rules go out the window a bit. We don't know, do we? we don't no, know. we don't. Let's move yeah. on. We're just we're going around in circles there. We don't know. Good. <laughs> Tune in for more decisive advice. <laughs> Ronaldo, don't know. Don't know. Uh, Draw a line under it. Good. Next talking right. point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was... You pitched that to me, so let me pitch an even harder question back to you. Go on. International break. Who knows what's going on? What yeah. do people do, Jack? It feels like a weird one, doesn't it, this one? Normally, international break, it's just a sort of eye roller time, right? Let's just grin and bear two long, long weeks without Premier League football. But this one feels even more annoying because you've got the boredom, but you've also got these crazy COVID rules of players going to red list countries. I noticed they've even, they've actually red flagged a few of the players that are confirmed. So the Argentinians, Martinez, Buendia, have actually been red flagged on FBL saying they'll definitely miss the next game due to the COVID rules. Um, and I think you've got Martinez, haven't you? I do indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, but I feel like that's that's quite that's quite ballsy from the FBL site in a way because we still don't really know the full details of which games they'll play for Argentina um, whether they'll even travel to those countries, what's going to happen? Um, I think all I do know, all you, all you just have to do is keep tabs on it and see what's happening. If you're dead set on playing your wild card, I would play it now, pull the trigger now, get a team you like, and and move with the price rises and the and the news that's happening. Um, but yeah, it's just annoying. It's just so annoying. I mean, it's stupid they're even playing them again in my opinion, certainly the red list countries that the players have been sent there. It just seems a bit of a mess, really. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's an evolving story, isn't it? First of all, it was like, they're not going. Then it was like FIFA kicking off. Now it looks like some clubs have put it in the hands of the players to say, well, we're going to go. So it's a kind of, some players are going, other players are not. So I know for, you know, some have been released, like you said, Martinez and other Argentinian players, but I know that like Salah, for example, hasn't been released for the first game that Egypt have, but maybe released for the second. So is that because the first game's in a red list country? I believe so. But I mean, this this is the thing. Like, There are so many different scenarios here. The blanket approach doesn't apply. It's different international teams traveling to different countries. You're trying to keep tabs of all the players. No one, like, it's not one size fits all. So you can't make a decision based upon that. So I think what you mentioned you can't try to let that influence your decision. Is it? it worst case scenario? If they end up missing a week, yeah, that sucks. That's terrible. But if you wanted them in the first place, you know they're still going to be a great asset. The other side of that, so yeah, I think can't be scared of the risk. It's only potential risk at the moment. It's not, you know, not guaranteed. And trying to mitigate a risk that might not even happen. I mean, we're going in circles there, aren't we? If we do try and do that, yeah, I'd be just. It seems shocking to me that a Premier League team would allow a player to go 
or like even the Premier League as a whole or any the football world as a whole would let a player do that, then come back and not be able to play for two weeks. It just seems mad that that they're that's the that's the wheels that's turning, you know. But yeah, we'll see. We'll wait for that confirmation, I suppose. But yeah, for now, don't worry about it. For like the next few days at least, I think I think don't worry too much. Ignore um, those and, red flags act, on the website. Yeah, I think so. And act as if act as if they're all going to be playing until you definitely hear otherwise would be my my advice. Yeah, boring. It's boring the international break, isn't it? Let's move on. I'm sick exactly. of sick of thinking about it, just yeah. depressing. Josh, is a big question, probably the biggest question on everyone's minds for this international break. Is it wildcard time? A, is it wildcard time for you? And B, should you would you advise people to play it or avoid playing it this early? Me personally, I'm not looking at wildcard yet. Cool. Purely because of I've been doing okay, you know, kind of green arrows since game week one. I don't feel like my team needs an overhaul. Yes, of course, there's a couple of players that I'd like to get out and maybe replace them with other players, but I haven't had many players that have consistently blanked. Um, even we mentioned like Bruno, that is a concern now. He did great in game week one, which was only two weeks ago. So, you know, there's no immediate like, I really need to shoehorn this player out. Tony was maybe the one and he, you know, he returned. So it's mm-hmm. another thing of, I have no immediate concerns to get out. And then the flip side, do I really, really want to use a wild card to shoehorn someone in? The only players that I'm looking at are the the new premiums, the Lukaku and Ronaldo. And as we mentioned before, uh, just a moment ago, we need a li- I, I would personally want a little bit more time to see you know, how they perform in their teams um, over the next couple of game weeks after the international break. So for me, I'm, I'm happy to sit and wait because I have the luxury to do so. But you're in a slightly different situation than me. So what are you thinking? Yeah, you've got the pay. Yeah, fair play. You've got the sort of the luxury of patience, I suppose, haven't you really? Yeah, I'm. it's difficult, isn't it? It's, it's difficult. Like I said, I'm sort of looking at my team and I think actually they've, they've, they've brought me the points really. But there's just been other players that have brought more points. And I don't hate any of them. You know, it's normally when a wild card is like, God, I cannot wait to see the back of you for about three or four of them. But I look at the team and I think actually it's it's okay. But then I, I sort of had a play with, okay, which players would I want to bring in? Like really, if I got my eye on. And actually there are quite a few. So yeah, I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the kind of quiet disappointment of the game week just gone settle for a while. See if anything else comes out in the international break front. And then make a decision probably at the end of this week whether I pull the trigger or not. But it's players like Calvert Lewin, Mount, Ronaldo Lukaku, Jota, Torres, Trent, who I don't have, who I um, would bring in or play with bringing in if I if I trigger the wild card. And I'm on, and you know, I've got doubts about Danny Ings, like I've said, not been impressed with Rafinha, Ailing, Simicas needs to go, Bruno, like we've said, needs to go as well. So yeah, I might. What I might do is the classic kind of pl- put one together without pressing the trigger, see how I feel about it, and and then make the call on and pulling the trigger. So, yeah, what I, like I said, what I want to avoid is panicking because I'm I'm a couple of million in rank now. I don't need to panic there. We're still at the early stage of the season. Everything can be clawed back. Don't don't go silly and and do anything drastic. And the international break could be quite good for that to just chill a little bit. Yeah, and there's nothing worse with the wild card using it early, and then the form very quickly moving <laughs> away from those players. And yeah, maneuvering round using free transfers and hits is just—it's a faff, isn't it? It's ugly, isn't it? Yeah, it's ugly. I mean, yeah, three game weeks still isn't the biggest sample, is it? It's still not massive. You know, the template has sort of formed, but I think there's still players like Torres and Jota and the, the unknowns of Ronaldo. It's It does feel like we need a bit more time in the oven with these players to really know, are they the real deal? Or is it is it would it be a short-term thing? 
So yeah, I've got nothing against what if you wild card, if you hate your team, definitely wild card. And then international breaks a great time to do it. So you wild card early, see which players are rising in price, and you can build that value if you're if you're really active. So definitely not against it in principle. It's just, yeah, for my team, I'm I'm on the fence. Yeah. So there we are. That's my wild card opinion. Wild card opinion. So you're yeah, is it even in a situation where you feel like you're you're wanting to improve your rank quite drastically quickly, you're still not considering wildcard. I think which shows, isn't it? It shows how early we are a little bit, mindset-wise. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's funny, like normally if I was this far behind in rank, I would pull it, no questions asked. But I think it's just been a mad three weeks, points-wise. I don't think it's going to sustain these high average points. It's going to be, it's got to revert back. But like there's no like Antonio's had a double digit all every week. It's insane. But there's no way he's going to get that every week. You know, it's just. I mean, what have the averages been? It's been like 54, which is a very high average generally. Was this week 56 was game week two, and then 69 was the average in game week one. Like it's mental. It's it's crazy how how high those averages have been for eight nearly eight million players. So. Yeah, there's no way that that sustains. There's absolutely no way. The dust is going to settle, isn't it, somewhere? Yeah, yeah, I think it has to, yeah. I think it has to. The golds have been flying in at an unprecedented rate, really, is the the reason. And um, you'd think that returns to to the norm soon. Take two weeks. Think about it. There you go. That's it. Yeah, my advice, chill for a bit. Chill for a little bit, but don't be afraid to play it if you're still feeling that you're unhappy with your team. And that really goes for any week, to be fair. Yeah, just extend um, that normal feeling for a little bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Should we have a little break, Josh, and then and then come back where we'll deep where we'll dive a little bit deeper into more individual, narrower topics pertaining to specific teams and players that, that are doing well. Yeah. Take a little break, then have a deep dive. And we're back. So, Jack, we're going to continue, just pick up exactly where we left off, continue with the talking points after game week three. Next, we just discussed wildcard. Now we want to pick up on a topic that we covered quite quickly last week, City Assets. Last week, we said, no, 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 Pep. This week, what are we saying? Yeah, another 5-0 drubbing by City, Josh, wasn't it? Another really impressive uh, really dominant display again against a, a terrible Arsenal defence but that being said some players seem to be playing every game now I was very quick to to ridicule City asset owners and a few people we know obviously caught that and threw that back in my face rightly this week specifically Torres who is looking like he might be nailed in that number nine spot and he's reaping rewards. I think he's an all right player. I don't think he's one of City's best players, but the fact that he's in that nine spot now and Jesus seems to be of moved, Jesus seems to be of moved out to the wing, it's looking really good for, for both of Torres's owners. Um, so I think do we do we bring him in? Do we bite the bullet and bring him in? He rose in price last night. People are obviously thinking they should bring him in. What do you think of Torres before we talk about some of the others? I think. Torres in particular, you're right, because of the position he plays and the fact that they haven't been able to buy a striker. They've been actively looking for a striker. We know that. They haven't got one so far. You know, the window's not closed yet. That could change. And we will, you know, be able to talk about that before game week four, because I'm sure we'll do another quick coverage close to the section. As it stands, his performances have been great. He has very little competition in that position. He looks like one of the more nailed players. We right from the beginning we said, you know, if you can get pick someone who is gonna start most even most games for City, the the, the opportunity for points there is incredible. I was just looking at the XG for them as a team. Nine point zero two. No one's near them after that. The next one next highest, I think, is different beasts, West Ham, yeah. which is six point seven four. They are just smashing teams. They are simple, but it's it's silly what they they've always been like this, haven't they? And then they lose the odd one nil to to random teams. But the thing with Torres as well is his price is so good that actually 
you can absorb that occasional benching, I think, easier than if you have a Mares or a De Bruyne or someone a bit more expensive and they get dropped. It's just, oh, you're relying on some some random or off your bench. So yeah, Torres at 7.1 mil. He is, I take back what I said last week, I think he's, he's one we've got to look to get in now. I think he really is. If I was wildcarding this week, I think he'd be on the sheet. It seems crazy that one additional week can offer oh, no. this much more confidence. But given the context of what Pep's been like in the past, having one person start two games in a row and him look... Let alone one, three. Yeah. Exactly. I think it does speak volumes. So... Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, the other one is... Torres the other one is Grealish. Yeah, Torres. Torres, we think, he's a great buy. I think he's a great buy now if you can you can get him. What do you think? What about Grealish? The other player to have started, the other attacking player to have started all three games for them. They've paid 100 mil. He's putting his faith in him. I think he's got a goal and an assist in three games, which I guess on paper is good. But when you consider two of those games have been five, they've scored five in each. It's not amazing from, from Jackie Boy. What do you think about Grealish? Interesting question. I think Torres, if he starts and maybe Grealish, is more likely to continue starting consistently because of his price tag. But head-to-head, taking the selection off the table, I think Torres's ceiling is higher than Grealish's. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, it um, definitely seems that way. From what we've seen so far, but also I just think from a positional perspective, if you had to pick between two players, let's not even consider their price actually at this point, but two players in the same team, one one's playing number nine, one's playing more predominantly out wide. You know, Torres is going to be in the box, touches in the box, opportunity shots in the box. Give me that guy, please, the guy in the box. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, if you compare Torres and Grealish XG and XA, I mean, Torres 2.09 XG in three games, 0.02 XA for Torres. So you can tell he's just, the, as you say, just the focal point. He's the, the finisher of their moves and he's been told to do that. Grealish... I think he's sixth for XG, which is really good, 1.27, but 0.92 for, for XG. So 1.27 XA, 0.92 XG. So, so not at all the um, the finisher of the move and and playing much more the provider, same with Mares. So yeah, and Torres being 0.9 cheaper than Grealish, if you're picking one of the two, I think it's it's Torres. But I don't think Grealish is a bad pick in, him, in himself for that City team. Maybe a bridge too far having two of them, because if both if both don't make it into the squad, which is possible with Pep, then you're in a real pickle that week, aren't you? Um, you literally, you you asked the question that I was going to ask you before. Oh, I got there, was... <laughs> which is literally, I think we we've mentioned the risk of having any. Now we're saying you know get on maybe get on the train, but mm. cover yourself. Ferran Torres looks like the perfect halfway house there. Decent yeah, price. Next week, next week we'll say get three of them. Yeah, 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 ex- exactly. So, um, <laughs> learn more as you go along, but take dip your toe, dip your toe with a fair yeah, Torres. I would dip my toe now for sure in a big Torres pond of water. Yeah, fair. Make sure it's fair and Torres, no other yeah, Torres. <laughs> yeah, all the Torres is irrelevant. Um, good. All right. Well, there's City, and well done to all Torres owners out there. You know who you are. Yeah, a begrudging well Don't done. Name names. Don't name names. No, we're not naming names. Right, Josh. So that was City Assets. The West Ham train is still going full throttle, and Antonio doesn't seem to be stopping. Those hamstrings seem to be holding out. Another phenomenal performance. Talk to me about West Ham. Yeah, I mean, we're all spiritual Hammers fans at the moment, aren't we? Like, we want to. We want them to succeed and they are fulfilling our wishes from an FPL perspective. Yeah, they look like they've got great assets. Even when you look past Antonio, they're still, you know, for now, as you mentioned last week, they, they look good. Um, I like them still. Next fixtures, Southampton, United, Leeds, Brentford, Everton. Not terrible by any means. You can see them scoring goals there. Most people are on the attacking assets. If if I was doing a wild card, I'd probably make maybe take Sufal out, Kufal out. Um, yeah, they seem they don't seem amazing at the back, do they? I just go for two. I know I said this last week, triple up, but we've had another week now. 
looks like they they will continue to concede goals and just go all out attack. So I I if I could if I was wild carding I'd just double up on an attack and probably go Antonio and Ben Rama or Fornells take your pick of the of the other two. Um, probably Ben Rama because he he plays more like a second striker and Fornells plays more out wide. But love still love West Ham. Not much has changed really apart from maybe that defensive frailty. Just keep your focus on the midfielders and the attackers. Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I completely concur. I completely concur with that. For the prices they are as well, the midfielders, Fornals or Bedram, I think they're really good. They're not only enablers, they are they will get you points. And Antonio, I mean, he's just he's in the league of his own at the moment. He's top, he's in the top five for both XG and XA for all players for these three weeks. He's just I mean, he is a premium asset priced at a, at a midweight, isn't he? Really? I think he's um while he stays fit, he's a must own. He's about as must own as they come. The form player in the Prem at the moment. Yes, indeed. And fair, yeah, fair play to West Ham. They they keep on keep on rolling. So uh, no, nothing's changed. Just keep. <laughs> I think most players have yeah. got West Ham assets. If you, if, what would you say to someone who, if they don't have any, Antonio? Um, yeah, don't have any Antonio. If you've only got one, and you can and you can afford and you're looking for a transfer to make, it's oh. Yeah, probably still Ben Rama, I would say. But Fornals is is looking good as well. I don't think how much is Fornals? I don't actually know how much he is. I'm not sure about the price rise. I think he was on six. He's six. Four. He's six and Ben Rama's six point four. So Benny's really yeah, good price rises. People are just going for Ben Rama, aren't they, of the two? I mean, one point five percent owned Fornals. So if you maybe if you want that differential, then Fornals is your man to um to look at a point four cheaper than Ben Rams. Uh yeah, Ben Rams nearly 30% owned. Um, there's a reason for that though, watching the game. Fornells is almost, you know, in order of where they are on the pitch. Antonio's right at the top, always at the top. Ben Rama's slightly behind him, you know, right. second to support. Fornells then comes in as the, you know, the next person along with maybe Bowen. Sure. Yeah. Wide. And maybe he's playing out of his skin to, to get the returns he's got so far, but it looks like Ben Rama is always going to be closer to Antonio and therefore more involved in the points. Hence why I guess he's had the, all the price rises, but yeah. Um, but that differential pick is potentially for now. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Both good picks. Yeah. Keep going West Ham. Very good. Uh, the next one, Josh, I've got on the, the list is Firmino injury question mark, but I think we can expand that general to Liverpool Liverpool assets and how you feel we should be approaching Liverpool assets now for the next sort of few game weeks. So is, well, for one, is Firmino injured? Do we know? He's having a scan, I think. So I believe, scan. and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a hamstring-related injury, which we all immediately as football fans and players think, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, um, not a good sign. But the scan will reveal, um, obviously, whether that affects our decision going forward. What I would say is if it's not a long-term injury, we've had a glimpse of what it may look like going forward with Jota. Doesn't matter how well he's playing, doesn't matter if he's banging him in, Klopp will still pick Firmino in the big games against mm. big, big opposition, I think. You know, Jota's been incredible for, for Liverpool so far. And yet, you play Chelsea at home, he sticks Firmino up top. And I think that is and a did he, snapshot. Correct me if I'm wrong. He only he came on for Firmino after the injury. Is that right? Yeah. For, yeah. So I think yeah, Firmino got injured and then Jota replaced him there. So it wasn't like tactical Jota come make an impact. It was Firmino's injured Jota. You're coming mm. into the game. So if if Firmino is not injured long term, that is still very much a risk for people that have Jota or want to want to bring in Jota. But he, I guess you could compare him somewhat to Greenwood, maybe not in such mercurial form, but now with, you know, Ronaldo coming in and, and the competition that they have in wide areas for United, kind of similar at Liverpool for, for Jota. He, he's always going to be up against some big boys for to lose minutes. Um, mm. So, yeah, Firmino will wait on the scan, um, but Jota's still, you know, a great option if he's on the pitch and that's the biggest question mark yeah 
Yeah. So, I mean, if Firmino is, if it's confirmed Firmino's out for, say, a month, Jota, a, a no brainer? For, for me, yeah. What I would say is, I guess, do you want to double up on Liverpool? If, if you've already got Salah, then Liverpool have got Leeds, Palace, Brentford next three, then City, then Watford. You know, they're looking like that. There's some tasty fixtures. Oh, so, Scotch out goals all over them, I think. Yeah. And you've got to say that even if it's not a major injury for Firmino, He's going to miss the next one, maybe the next two with a hamstring injury after the international break, possibly, even if it's a minor injury, could it be, you know, two, three weeks or whatever. And if he's out, if he's out of the, the, the starting lineup, you've got to say Jota's next, like first name on the team sheet after him. And yeah, maybe a slightly cheaper option to get into that, like to have two attackers for Liverpool. I definitely look at it, but definitely for those next five, five fixtures, because I think out of all the, the, the top four or six teams, Liverpool look like they've got some of the better fixtures across the next five five game weeks. Very good, very good. You already own him, right? So, oh no, you don't. You don't own him. No, I don't. I was thinking, well, he's on my wild card list. I think so. There's him, him, Torres, and Mason Mount. Actually, with the the midfielders, I'd sort of earmarked as as potential to bring in, but. Yeah, we'll see. I think if Firmino, do we know when we'll know about the scan? It's generally a few days after, is it? Or I, I don't believe know. it was reported for today was the scan, but right. I, I can't remember. Um, Again, wait correctly. But we, we should find out during the international break. So yeah. before the next game week, know what the deal is. Um, thank you, Josh, for the Liverpool update. Great. Very useful. Moving on to the final, final sort of section of this final piece in this section we look at the xg and the xa top performers so far of the last uh, the last three weeks so we won't sort of go into minutia and deep dive into all five of them or all 10 of them i should say because we've talked about a lot of them already so the top of the xg table well josh why don't you lead us through the the individuals top in the xg charts at the moment covered a lot of these names already but top to bottom we've got Antonio, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and then Ferran Torres is actually coming in third. Yeah. And then Lukaku, and then Callum Wilson. So we haven't mentioned much of Callum Wilson because I think Newcastle. But if I, out of those, who would you want in your team? Just very. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Callum. I've never. It's one of those players. I've never. I've never wanted Callum Wilson in my team even in the years he's done well when he was at Bournemouth at Newcastle really more because of the teams he's playing with and sort of side note his injury proneness like I think I read something after that game that he got a, an injury to his thigh actually following this game I don't know if he's flagged or not but a bit how I used to judge Antonio is he's always I was loath to start with some people start with Antonio and Wilson the start of the season didn't they and obviously they've done very well from it but because you know I could foresee just as well them doing well as both of them getting injured and if you had Danny Ings as well those three up top you could suddenly find yourself with three injuries after game week one but three brilliant strikers and yeah the fact is in here it just does seem to even when Newcastle are playing badly a couple of times a game, they'll work across in, and Callum is so good at just getting on the end of them, isn't he? And he's so good at creating something from nothing. He's, I'd say he's the master of those kind of goals. So, yeah, I'm not looking to really bring him in now. I think there's better strikers available in those. They're just such hot positions now, particularly with Lukaku and Ronaldo coming in. And I think Callum Wilson is, um, if you've got him, keep him. But I think there's better options. What do you think about? about Wilson agree agree I think out of those five that we've listed for right now I'd want Antonio Dominic Calvert-Lewin Torres I think Lukaku we've mentioned one for the future mm-hmm. Wilson you may call me out on this but temporary form he's not going to be this hot he won't, he won't be in the top five XG for the whole season so I'll take the other ones please yeah fair DCL I mean phenomenal stuff from him Still do just it. looks really dangerous, doesn't he? Really dangerous. Like three goals, 3.16 XG, end of everything. That penalty penalty scuffle was a bit interesting though with Richarlison. So he Richarlison wanted it. The other players kind of bullied him out of it and gave it to DCL because he's obviously the designated taker. And then did you see Benitez afterwards said that? Comments, yeah. Yeah, he said 
wasn't it, that if there's the first penalty per game, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will take, and the second one, if there's a second one, then Richarlison will take it. But that just feels like a weird way to appease Richarlison because how often do you get two penalties in the in one game? Very, very rarely. So that just feels like a kind of, yeah, sure, Richarlison, yeah, you can have the next one. Yeah. Um, despite that, he still wanted, like, if that was communicated before, like he said, then he still wanted to take that first penalty nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, he's a bit, he's a, he's a bit of a nutcase, isn't he, I think? Richardson, yeah. he's a bit, he's a bit hot-headed for sure. But are you, you know, worried about DCL and this injury concern? I mean, again, talk, yeah, talk of him having these a broken mid, toe. Is these that, mid-range strikers, yeah. I mean, is that just a classic international break? Don't touch my player move from Benitez, and he just keep well playing. Be. Broken toe is just such a, I mean, broken toe on. nail maybe. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, I mean the pain. That's what those painkillers are for, aren't they? The, the silly little broken toes. <laughs> Inject but it, yeah, done. Inject it. I'd agree with you about Lukaku, Calvert-Lewin, and Antonio being the sort of prime, the ideal three out of a very good pool, to be honest with you. I mean, again, look at my team, Ings, Bamford. I think they're still good picks, really. Maybe Ings less so. And so it would be tough to see Bamford go, I think, because I think they will. he will do well. But those three are the three of a very good bunch, yeah. Um, like you said, a lot of points out of there, a lot of options, a lot of points, options, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Torres, we've meant we've talked about, but another great option, thankfully, a midfielder in the game. So that's goals now on to assists. Go the on. XA, talk to me, to go through the XAs, yeah, I can go through them, sure thing. Uh, so we've got Jesus, top of the tree, then we've got the man Trent, Mason Mount, Antonio again, and Mares. Riyad Mahrez. So Antonio, like we said, he's in both charts. Unbelievable to be in both. Man on fire. Definitely get him 100%. What do you make of... There's two Man City players in there, Josh. Neither of whom are Torres who we, or Grealish who we recommended getting. What are your thoughts on Mahrez and Jesus? I think the same summary that we concluded earlier applies now. You may need to have a City asset now. I wouldn't advise having more than one. If I was going to pick one, it's halfway house Torres. Yeah. I uh, Behind Torres, my next favourite would be Jesus, actually, considering how well he's playing out wide. And not only when he gets the ball out wide on the touchline and running at players, but also when it's on the other touchline or in the middle, he's making those runs into central areas as well, hence why he got his goal. So I think he's a really massive, a big threat but I think mm. he is a preference behind, still behind Torres. And if we're only having one, you know, Torres takes that spot for me. So that that's it for Jesus and Mares. And Trent-wise, I've already got him. I think he's great. And Mount's on my watch list, but there's so many great, well-priced midfielders there. Mm. I think he takes up a little bit more money when there are cheaper ones available that we may need to go for to get, you know, your Lukaku's and Ronaldo all yes. later on. Yeah, like so, a Ben Rama's probably a better pick than a Mount, isn't it? With a, a, a fair bit cheaper, of a mil cheaper. Yeah. And then enables you to, not that he's an enabler, but between the two options, that, that allows you to do other things in your team. So, bottom line, Antonio and Trent own both already. So, I'm not looking at the other guys. Um, what are you thinking for these these five? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm a big fan of Mount. I do like Mount. Now they've got Lukaku, I do think he is more tempting, but I am inclined to agree with you at 7.5. He's probably a bit a bit much. He's up against Greenwood and Jota. Exactly, and those two are better. I think they're better options. Um, and there's others cheaper that are maybe yeah. better than him already. Yeah, I think there are, so he's unlucky there. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I might have a play and see if I can fit him in, but, but I'm not sure I can, certainly not with three strikers that I want. Yeah, Jesus, I agree, he's, a, he's definitely a threat. I do just think... I think pet rotation threat still still applies to him. And the fact that he's a striker in FPL, it's just a spot that that's a spot that can be filled with a better striker option that's cheaper than him. So I think he's a no-go for me. Uh, and Trent, yeah, now the Simicast wild ride is over. I'm looking to get Trent back in as that Liverpool defensive defensive cover. How did they look? I didn't watch the game. How did they look in general defensively? before certainly before James got sent off because I thought in the game the previous game who was that against was it Burnley Burnley yeah I actually thought they looked a bit ropey and Alisson had to make some good saves to keep them in 
from a purely clean sheet perspective, Liverpool, what's your general confidence in them? Mm, still not very confident. I think what I would say in the context of that, though, is I don't have any confidence in any team, maybe bar before, actually before the Liverpool game, you know, we talked about Chelsea's uh, XA was very low. City probably are the other ones that I'd say are so dominant up front that no one even gets a chance to, to take a shot at them. But to focus on Liverpool, I think they are maybe next behind those two teams yeah. in terms of my confidence for them to keep a clean sheet. So they are still one of your great options to try and get a clean sheet that you can have confidence in. Because I think they would come up, they would rank above United for me in that regard. And then when you look at Trent, you're not just thinking about the clean sheets, you're thinking about everything else he does. He is in the XA, you know, top five. So I think you're, you're kind of covering two bases there quite, quite firmly. Um, yeah. But he is quite expensive for a defender. You know, there's no cheap way into that, you know, two fullbacks for Liverpool now. So do you want to look elsewhere? But I think in terms of, your wide defensive players often we're like sport for choice. I think he stand out at the moment, the best option of, of anyone. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree. I need to get him back. Really I need to get him back. Alonso. Yeah. Can you, would you be tempted by an Alonso? Chilwell just chilly sat on the bench. Yeah. What's going on with Chilwell? Yeah. It's again, it's, it's like the Euros all over again. No Chilwell time. He just loves Alonso. Doesn't he too chill? And he is great. And I love Alonso as a historical FBL asset, like back in, he's been a dream when he was in his prime, he was just a must. He was the Trent of back then, wasn't he really? Yeah. Um, and he was brilliant. Yeah. It's just another risk. It's just a bit too risky again. Alonso, similar to Mares. I know Mares is in this XA table. He's the fifth highest XA, but I just don't, as soon as he left my team, it was just a relief. Like it was just a right. I don't need to stress about that team sheet again. I'm going to go right back into it by getting Torres in probably, but it was just that I don't miss not having Mares. I don't, I'm not sad. I don't have him anymore. I, despite, I know when he's on the pitch, he, he can be lethal. And I'd feel the same with Alonso. I'd just be waiting for that Chilwell start. I think when the European games start, it's going to be very interesting with those European teams and whether it changes their their Premier League lineup. So I can imagine when it starts, Alonso might be rotated a bit more. Yeah, that was our worry with with um, Chelsea assets. Full stop, wasn't it? So yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's X XG and XA covered. The only point I wanted to mention in general is we've covered a lot of cheaper options in midfield and maybe some strikers in the past like Tony. Do you have any other standout players looking at in the future towards, you know, your Ronaldo's and your Lukaku's? And if anyone is wildcarding, is there anyone hiding that you would think, yeah, they're a great enabler, maybe at six million or below? Um, Enabler-wise... Yeah, I mean, you, you've mentioned Norgard already last time. We've mentioned, uh, I've got Livramento as a kind of replacement for Simicast. Those mm-hmm. are the two that have come out. I, I'm just clutching at whether there are any other hidden gems there that anyone hasn't thought of already. Well, I think in terms of teams, generally, Wolves. So even though Wolves have lost every game 1-0 so far, they've sort of been the inverse of Spurs, haven't they? where they've lost every game 1-0 instead of winning them all 1-0, and undeservedly so, similar to Spurs, winning every game 1-0 and maybe undeservedly so. So I actually think even though Wolves have lost every game, a Wolves defender, maybe a Semedo or a Cody or a Sice, would actually be a good signing now, as crazy as that sounds. Um, I mean, Cody 4.5, Sace is 5, Semedo's, I think, 4.9. I think he dropped, dropped from 5. But yeah, I'm actually looking at Wolves' defence now off the back of three straight losses. So maybe I'm going crazy, but I think it's somewhere to, yeah, somewhere to look. Yeah, and Brentford, I mean, Tony is he's a striker, but he is easily the, the best cheap striker by far. Oh, actually saying that, I do like Armstrong at Southampton. I think he is going to be amongst the points this year. He's looked he really active in every game. He's been, yeah. he's had so he many won a penalty, chances. didn't he? He did win a penalty <laughs> this week, I think. But yeah, he's had, yeah, he, had, he scored, hasn't he? But he's had, you're right, he's had a lot of chances. But I think that's really promising. 
especially in a team like Southampton where they're not going to create too much. The fact that we're talking about him and we've noticed him, if you need, if you're playing five in midfield maybe and just plan on the two strikers, then um, I think you could do a lot worse than, than Armstrong as your third third striker. Sit on the bench. Um, okay, the two that I was thinking of in my head mm-hmm. potentially were Adama Traore, six mil, yeah. Ryan Riot, but <sighs> finished product again. Lacking. I just what is Could it with you, them? Are you interested? Uh, yeah, I'm not. He's in the. I think he's in my draft team. I think I drafted him in. Yeah, I mean, if you're obeying the XG and XA gods, he's and really the eye test gods in a way because he's, as you say, he runs. He was completely destroying people again. It is just that that end product from him and Wolves generally. You know, he did put it on a plate a couple of times for their other players who mucked it up. So it's not just him that puts me off him, if that makes sense. It's their other strikers and their other their other midfielders. I mean, Jimenez is still coming back to fitness after that horrendous injury, I think, and match sharpness. Yeah, I don't hate the Traore pick, but I just... It's Traore. I mean, look at his track yeah. record. We've always said this about him, haven't we? God, he looks amazing. There's a reason like, why he's... Like, handful of assists, handful of goals, yeah. Um... Yeah. final one that's a no for Traore yeah from me so you said we've got someone who passes the eye test but doesn't have any return now we've got someone who has returned at 5.5 million Damari Gray yeah I mean I thought his goal was I thought Sanchez should have done better with the goal but you can't deny it he's got has he got two now he's got two so his yeah. returns have been blanked in the first game week against Southampton with two points and, and then obviously second got a goal nine points third game week got another goal eight points so 19 points returned so yeah, far I think there's an enabler I don't think you can do much better for 5.5 in midfield but I would say I saw someone I saw like in a forum it might have been like a thread on his goal or something but the Leicester fans were very much saying yep he'll do this he'll do look really good for a couple of games and then he'll just disappear for the rest of the season. They're just waiting for that time to happen. And some players are like that, aren't they? It's like, that's the Ross Barkley syndrome. Like, looks like a world beater for two or three games. And then a flip, a switch is flipped and he just becomes completely a passenger for the rest. So, yeah, as an enabler, maybe maybe so. It's a weird one, though, at that price, because I feel like if you're, you're probably not going to start him if you're buying him. So therefore, just go a bit cheaper and put the 5.5 into your team. Yeah, that 5.5 price, unless they're a real bargain and you want to start them because they're so good, then just go cheaper and and invest the money in your actual starting 11. So yeah, that's that's all I would say there about him. Are you you more tempted, would you say, than I am? I, I agree with you on both points. Watch list, but there's better options. Yeah, cool. Great. So that's everything to cover for now. I guess there's not too much to focus on transfer plans because we've got a long time to wait. So, um, and we will be doing another pod before game week four. So we can really drill down after we the will. internationals to say, this is what we want to do. Yeah. And look at, take a look at wild cards. Yeah. Whether one of, whether we, whether we triggered them or not, I think we'll know by then, won't we? Which so you're right, Josh. The Algo teams, Jeff. Algorithm teams, let's yeah, let's finish on a high. So yes, boys. as a quick reminder, the algorithm teams, we're managing one team for a friend who is the XG11. So a team purely based on XG and picks and transfers determined by just the XG data. And we've got Differential United, a team where the only rule is you any transfers you make have to be players under 5% owned. And we're going to be following them throughout the season. So game week three for the boys. XG11. Boys, the XG11. Yeah. Come on, how did XG they do? XG11 got a, a respectable 56 points. So two above the average XG11. Continues a good season. Doing much better than my own team still. 217 points altogether. I think an overall rank of... They're in the top million. So 982,000. Doing really well. Again, the captaincy was on Antonio because he's got the highest XG and he got the most points, 22 points. Seems so simple, Josh, doesn't it? Why don't we just think that? Why didn't I captain him? 
crazy. Computers don't get affected by emotion. Oh, they don't. I am so affected by emotion. So, yeah, the points really for them came from, for them, for the XG11 came from Antonio Captaincy, Jamie Vardy with 12. Again, someone I just would never go near, but the data says different and the data rewards, rewards the pick. Vardy got 12, Salah got 10, uh, and then everyone else blanked, actually. So El Ghazi didn't come in. The Norgard was the transfer. His XG has now actually fallen away. So I think we'll be looking to either replace him in this team or or certainly bench him for next week. And the defenders of Konza Sais and Simicas all blanked as well. But it just showed the power of a good captaincy. And a couple of other good picks can can carry your team through an, to an above average score. So yeah, I think we'll cover the transfers for these teams in the next pod. So next week's pod, just um, in case. So this is exactly sense. yeah. So we'll wait until um, we'll wait until then to decide who to who to transfer in. But there's certainly some some good options amongst the XG data to to bring in for the XG eleven. So XG11 continues a strong start. The differential United, however, isn't having a very good season, I'm afraid. So mustered a lowly 39 points this week. Mane was captain. Mane was captain, did get a return, Mane, of five points, got an assist. But apart from that and Armstrong and St. Maximan getting some points with an assist each. Oh, no, Maximan got a goal, didn't he? Maxman got a goal, Armstrong an assist, a low and clean sheet, but then blanks from Jimenez, Bowen, Sterling, Alonso, Shalaba, and Meslier meant that they uh, they didn't do too well. So they're sitting at a rank of 6.3 mil out of 7.7 mil. Not looking too good Ouch. for the differentials, Josh. Um, it's a long season, Diffs. It is. Let's see what happens. We'll see which diff we, we bring in next. And hopefully they can... Uh, they can turn their fortunes around. So that's it. Nice. Um, yeah, great to see the updates from the boys. Let's see how they uh, they continue. My, um, you know me. I'm back in XG11 all the way. XG11 is looking great. I Love wish them. I was XG11. I should have. <laughs> Next season, I'm just going to XG11 it. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. Great. So, yeah, we've hinted it already, but we're going to do another pod before the international break and before the end of the international break ahead of Game Week 4. So we'll be back in touch when we know a little bit more about everything very good but until then uh enjoy the international break and as you said just you know chill out just chill out put your legs up take a breather take a breather this week's a free week take a breather let the let the dust settle on whether you had a good or bad week and then approach the following week with with more clarity and make your decisions then i think that's the good best way to do it strong message all right well we'll take a break and we'll uh speak to you on the other side cheers Cheers, Joshua. Cheers, Jack.